0: Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Hill and this is Forward Thinking, a podcast by MediG. Each week I talk to inspirational business owners, brands and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. Sales is the lifeblood of any business. I'm exploring all things sales today with Rachel Burke, the founder of Salespace. Rachel has trained thousands of small business owners on how to make big money by improving their sales conversation. Talking and listening to Rachel, you can tell that she has this amazing positive energy. As we know, there's often a lot of negative connotations associated with salespeople. But Rachel really flips this on its head and she really has a gift for sales and influencing people. She's created a sales system that can make anyone increase their sales, and I'm really looking forward to sharing her system with you today on the podcast. In my conversation with Rachel, we cover how to craft your sales message that speaks to your ideal clients, how to get the first sale for your business, and methods to overcome nerves when pitching. It's often nerve-wracking getting in front of a new potential customer and pitching your business. And we touch on different techniques on how you can take that nervous energy and those butterflies and point them in the right direction and help you close that sale. Rachel also touches on how you can leverage sales superstars. You've got your salespeople like Jordan Belfort, who's made famous by the Wolf of Wall Street, Zig Ziglar, Grant Cardone, even Tony Robbins. And she tells us how we can take aspects from each of their system and roll it into our own. So for any business owner struggling with their sales process, This episode is a must listen, so I hope I've sold this episode well to you. Please enjoy this special sales conversation with Rachel Burke. Rachel, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So sales is obviously the lifeblood of any business. Can you tell us about the moment that you came to the realisation that you wanted to work in sales and help businesses in this area?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I have run my own business for my whole career. So straight out of university, I started a personal training business. Right. And it's what I wanted to do right through high school. I always wanted to work for myself. I never actually ever wanted to be employed in any other way. I wanted to run my own business. So as a personal trainer in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, I started straight out of uni, as I said, I started with five hours of personal training clients per week. And within one month, I had 40. Wow. So I built my PT business incredibly quickly and was able to maintain that level for over 12 years, I had my PT business. And so quite early on at the age of, I suppose, from the age of 22, I realized that I loved influencing others Mm. to do what they needed to do to feel so much better in themselves. So I knew I had a gift for this sort of thing. Mm. So I suppose it started from that age and I changed my career and developed skills as a, um, and learned all my skills as an executive coach as well. So I had a personal training business going for many, many years. Then I had an executive coaching business as well. So in all of my different hats, I suppose, that I've worn, I've been in an area of influence. And so actually launching Sales Space was, you know, it was a really easy thing for me to do because having run my own business for so long, I knew that I was very good at actually influencing clients to say yes mm. and to build my own business.
0: So speaking of influence, how do you influence people to want to interact with your brand and then eventually buy your product?
1: Um, it really comes down to being the person that people love to work with. So having skills of influence, it's it's understanding about communication. It's understanding how to speak in a way that really instills hope in other people. And so when they speak to you, one of my beliefs, my strongest beliefs is that when we speak to people, when we speak to prospects, when they either hang up the phone or walk away from us, they feel really excited in themselves. And they go, wow, I actually loved speaking to that person. There was something about that woman or that man that I really enjoyed, I feel better in myself. I want Mm. to know more and I can't wait to work with them. And that's how I've always felt we need to be influential in that way.
0: Right. And for early stage businesses, small, medium businesses, it's hard to start selling. People don't know where to start. So what do you recommend to these kind of people?
1: Um, To start selling, first of all, the first sale is always to yourself. And we've probably all heard that, but- no one will ever buy from you unless you are completely sold on what you sell and your worth so you first of all you need to be very clear on what you sell and you need to price it in a way that falls within a window of expectation for people so they're expecting to pay that but be on the upper end of that right. so that they're thinking wow this is actually because we all sort of are bought up to think that when we're paying a little bit more for something, it's more valuable and it's got more quality. Hmm. So be at that higher end of expectation. It's always interesting to ask yourself, would I pay that fee myself if I was going to buy that from me? Like So right. you know, think about that from a value perspective and be really clear on your value and, and know that, you know, think to yourself, yes, I absolutely will pay that. What I know the outcome is from, you know, from buying from me, I would pay what I charge myself.
0: Right. And take us through the steps of completing a sale. So you've mentioned influence. What are the next sort of steps?
1: Okay. So from a sales perspective, the steps of sales there, we, we actually believe there are 10 critical steps in a sales conversation. But just to cut that down and to condense that a little bit for listeners so it's really easy. First of all, you need to be able to pitch what you do. So as I said before, clarity is incredibly important. Be really clear on what you do and be able to say it in a succinct manner. Mm. So understanding your pitch and being able to say it in a way that you feel clear, confident and can speak with conviction. So pitching first. When you pitch well, someone will say, wow, that's awesome. Tell me more. And so most people are so keen to get into, okay, well, this is what I do. I sit down with you, I do a diagnostic, I do this and I do that. And that is where you lose everybody. Right. So the best next step is to say what you do in a metaphor. So, mm. so I would say, uh, you would pitch to me, Brendan, and I would say, wow, that's really cool. And then you would say back to me and I would say to you, how do you do that? And you would say, well, Rachel, picture it like this. And you would say it to me in a metaphor and I go, wow, that's amazing. I'd never thought of it like that before. And that's the way you build deep connection with somebody that you're speaking with. And then you feel like they're on the same team as you. And once you become on the same team together, rather than they feel like you're the opposition, that's where the sales conversation changes enormously. And then moving from there, we need to know the right questions to ask that affect our clients or affect our prospects deeply emotionally. And then when you've done that, and it's not all about pain-based selling, we don't believe in just drilling people on their pain. Mm. It's taking them on an emotional journey through your questions that at the end of the questions, they will say to you, wow, Brendan, I love that. What's next? Okay. Where do we go from here? And that's what sales is all about. It's not about building up to this big, scary close where you just go, oh, my gosh. You know, I feel everybody gets so tense when they feel like they're building up to a close. You want to get to a situation where the client is actually asking you, where do we go from here? I am I love this. What's next?
0: I want to dig a bit deeper on the metaphors. Mm. So how can we come up with these metaphors? Uh,
1: metaphors are, you know, obviously it's a creative uh, exercise yeah. and creative exercises are not so easy to put someone on the spot and say, right, let's come up with a metaphor to explain what you do. The way to do that is to actually, first of all, notice that when you're speaking to clients every day, we all use so many metaphors when we're speaking to people. So just um, being aware of those, so conscious awareness of the metaphors we use in our conversations will allow us to start building up a library of different metaphors that we use to explain what we do in different situations. And so that's one way, and then just choosing which ones are the most powerful for different situations and different styles of people. But then also, if you think about all the different things that you do on a day-to-day basis that are just very run-of-the-mill easy things that everybody understands or everybody can relate to, those sort of metaphors are really the most powerful. So choosing metaphors that you don't ever have to explain such as when we're talking about sales, we will say we do a lot of sales strategy with our clients and helping them to develop a strategy in their business from a sales perspective. And one of the metaphors we use is, in business, you can choose two different types of roads. There is the road to go down with no strategy where you feel like you're on a dirt track. There's no signposts. The road is really bumpy and basically you're hoping for the best and you you definitely have no, no confidence or um, certainty that you're actually going to make it to your destination. Or you can go down a beautiful, well-signposted highway where you just know that you know exactly where you're going to get and you can pretty much put a time on when you're going to get there if you follow the right signals and signs.
0: Mm. You touched on something interesting before. So you were saying when people come to the close, they might get nervous, they might get those butterflies. So obviously presenting, Jerry Seinfeld says it's the number one human fear yes. and death is number two. Uh, yes. <laughs> so what are some ways that you can overcome these sort of brain freezes, these butterflies? and? is it okay to be nervous sometimes? As I just watched an episode of Comedians in Cars getting coffee with Eddie Murphy. Yes. And he was saying his best bits and his best sets as yes. a stand-up comedian come when he has a few of those butterflies and, I mean, I can relate to that as well at our dojo our sensei always says you know you need to have those butterflies but you need to point them in the right formation yes so can you talk us through maybe your experience or what you teach some of your clients about controlling those nerves and how to harness them to better sell
1: yeah absolutely and i think nerves it's a rush of adrenaline when you understand the chemicals that are rushing through our bodies at any one time it is very very helpful to have that level of understanding and we know that conversations cause chemical reactions right. and understanding the different chemical reactions that are occurring in our bodies at any time during sales conversations or during any conversations, but if, because we're talking about sales, um, understanding that gives us power. You know, we know what's happening. And we also know that the same thing is happening for our clients. If our conversations cause chemical reactions, they're feeling nervous sometimes as well. Right. So understanding what's going on for each other and being empathetic with that, really does allow you to take a deep breath and just be who you need to be for that person. So if I want to come, if you were nervous and I was working with you and I would be able to feel because we can feel each other's nervous, we can feel each other's energy. But if I'm talking to you as a client and or as a prospect and you're interested in working with us and I could feel you're nervous, I would use my voice to calm you down and I would be who you need me to be for you to feel more relaxed in my presence. And just doing that, would allow me to relax as well. Because I would know that together, the mirror neurons that are ha- you know, that are happening, mm-hmm. we can calm each other down to be able to move forward in a way where we feel great in each other's presence. So understanding that is really helpful. I do believe that a bit of that adrenaline does sharpen our minds. And I think going through and, and realizing the types of beliefs that are really helpful for us in sales conversations in it. In this context, then believing that you are good on your feet, believing that you know what you need to know in in any situation, you are good at finding your thoughts. So doing work on yourself beforehand and having some power over your your beliefs and um, building those so that they actually work for you as a business owner or somebody in sales, phenomenally important because it's only it's our mindset that messes us up. The most important thing in sales is our mindset. And mm. we and we say to our clients, have you done a mindset audit? Have you really looked at how you're thinking and understand yourself well enough to be at your best when you're selling?
0: Mindset audit sounds interesting. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, what's uh, involved there?
1: Well, just um I like to elicit. So if I was working with you, Brendan, I'd be talking to you about, um, tell me what all your beliefs are around certain situations. So what are your beliefs about speaking to new clients? What are your beliefs about going out there and networking? What are your beliefs about closing a deal? What do you think about when I talk about money? And when someone Mm. starts asking you about money or um, when they start challenging you and asking you about, you know, having objections what happens to your mind and what beliefs go through your thoughts and ascertaining, like really eliciting those and then working together to give you substitute beliefs that are far more helpful. Okay. So when you understand who you are in any certain situation, you've got so much more power inside to be able to do things differently. So we always start with a mindset audit because most people, some people love selling. Mm. They are the minority, (laughs) (laughs) whereas um, it's not selling that I love, it's inspiring others that I love to do. So that's why we have a very different way of selling. When we teach others to be inspirational to other people, then that makes it very easy for people to buy from them. You know, you need to have a mindset audit to feel like you can be that inspiration for others.
0: Oh, interesting. So we've we've covered the foundations. What about the actual... Sales message. How do we come up with a sales message that will consistently work for us?
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Good question. And such an important thing to talk about today. First of all, from a sales messaging point of view, it is critical that you understand who who your ideal clients are. So for us to have messaging that speaks beautifully to our target audiences, we absolutely have to understand who they are. So firstly, know your ideal client inside out. And to be able to do that, there are four main distinctions to focus on when targeting your audiences. So know those four distinctions and they are observational, situational, relational and aspirational distinctions. Know those and under each of those categories, write down five to 10 points under each of those distinctions. When you do that, then you can start to build a language for your business or what we call sales messages that speak exactly to those ideal clients. So when they read them or listen to or hear them, they go, oh gosh, they're speaking to us. That resonates with us and they love, they feel important when they hear those or read those. And that is one of the critical things about being able to sell. When someone's in your presence or someone's reading your copy, they feel important and they feel heard and listened to by what you're saying.
0: And I wanted to quickly ask you about Australian versus United States selling culture. So I mean, here in Australia, we're a bit more modest. We don't like to build ourselves up and sell ourselves. So how do you get your clients to overcome that cultural obstacle?
1: There is a big difference between selling Mm. in Australia and and selling in the US. And I think, um, you know, I live in the UK for quite a few years as well. So selling in London, they have you know, the English way of doing things is much more like Australia as well. So mm. there, it is a more modest approach. And I think that's why we say to our clients, let's sell through inspiration, not manipulation. Right. So not that, you know, there are a lot of manipulative ways of selling to people mm. where they feel like, people feel like they have to buy because they're in such a hole, there's so much pain around, uh, you know, what they've, They've been made feel like they're in a world of pain, whereas you can be more inspirational and think, and they think, wow, there is a better way forward and more hope. So I think to answer your question, in Australia, as I said, if you can speak in a way that someone feels like you're on their team, they're not being sold to, they're being educated, they're being inspired. And the key thing, when you ask questions that someone has never been asked before, then when they say to you, wow. I've never been asked that before, or thank you so much. Let me think about that for a moment. As soon as you hear that from your client's mouth or your prospect's mouth, they're on the same team as you and they want you to help them. So they start looking to you to be helped and that's a very different way of selling than what what else is out there in the world. That's why it's so much easier for people to learn that. They learn, that's their skills of influence rather than feeling like they're learning to be a salesperson. Powerful. Yes.
0: And can you tell us about a time when you've worked with one of your clients, you know, from the early days, you've taken them through the process and everything that we've mentioned today, the sort of before and after difference?
1: Yes. Wow. Okay. Hmm. So, um, you know, we were with a group of clients yesterday. And if I just think about, um, yes, I just think about one of them in particular. She started her business feeling really unsure of what direction to go in and you know she's been an incredibly successful corporate person herself so she's been in corporate for a long time she's won a lot of awards as a corporate business leader and she started her own business and just helping her with that clarity about who she is in business and who are going to be most attracted to her and who she can help most has been a huge huge realization for her and quite an incredible journey and quite an intense journey And so listening to her yesterday when she said to me, I now know, I now have a deep knowingness that I am on the right path, I'm attracting the right people and I'm saying all the right things and I can feel that huge wave of momentum and I just feel like I'm now riding the wave and there's no stopping. I can't pull off the wave, I don't even want to pull off the wave and I feel like I'm about to stand up and surf this like it's never been surfed before that is incredible, you know, to help someone on that journey. I mean, we've had many clients who have worked with us who have done extraordinary things from a revenue point of view where they've been at a certain stage in their business and we've taught them how to sell. We've taught them to be a buyer's coach, which is what our methodology is, to be a buyer's coach rather than a salesperson, to know how to ask questions and lead people on a really emotional journey in your conversations with them. And they've been able to go from, you know, earning, say, 200000 a year to earning over a million a year and being able to sustain that as a small business owner where you've only got one or two key staff, that's massive. Yeah. But there are other companies who come to us and, you know, they're $10 million mark and they'd like to get to 50 within the next three years. And we do deep levels of, you know, developing their messaging for them and making sure that all of their sales messages are not only taught to their team, across the entire business but also put through all of their website and all their marketing material as well mm. and that allows them to hit those targets as well so it's across the board there's just um we've got some incredible stories of businesses of all different levels yeah yes
0: oh, amazing yes so for early stage businesses that are looking to get into the sales space, space yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sales space so how do they learn how to do this so, like there's so many resources out there at the moment, a lot of noise about how to make a sale. So, I mean, we've talked about the US method versus, you know, the Australian and UK methods as well. So, I mean, there's people out there like, you know, Jordan Belfort, people might watch Wolf of Wall Street, Uh, you know, sell me that pen, that kind of scene, you know, you've got the Zig Ziglar, the Grant Cardones. Are these sort of resources worthwhile or is that too much of the fear-based approach that you mentioned before?
1: Um, I think there's some great things from everybody. And Mm. I think the most important thing to be great at selling is to learn a style that matches your personality. So there are people out there with big, bolshy personalities that love, you know, I loved listening. I've done so much listening and reading of Zig Ziglar and, Mm. you know, that sort of thing when I was in my 20s and I'm not in my 20s (laughs) anymore. But, you know, they've got some great things and- there is always great things to learn from all these people who have been usually successful in what they do, but it is critical to find a style that matches you and matches your personality. So, you know there are great books to read, and but there, you know, I think the most influential and efficient way to learn is to choose a trainer that you love, right? And go and immerse yourself in their work, and go and get personal help from them because. You can learn, and we know this. We've trained thousands of small business owners now and been in this space for quite a while. And with that, we know that people come in at all di- into our trainings at all different levels, and sometimes it just takes the slightest tweak of their language from Cola myself. We tweak their language just ever so slightly and they have the most phenomenally different result. Mm. So, Sometimes it's what you're saying that needs to be polished. Sometimes Mm. it's just the way you say it that will make all the difference. So having someone to actually help you, to train you, to then help you and allow you to practice in their presence Mm. and then tweak things for you to make it as good as it can be so that when you speak you have all the confidence, the clarity and conviction you can possibly have that makes the world of difference.
0: Yeah, I never realised that. I mean... Referencing the Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee episode again (laughs) with Eddie Murphy. I mean, he was saying, you know, a joke has to be worded exactly the right way, exactly the right wording, correct order. Otherwise, it just bombs.
1: Absolutely. And that is exactly, that example there is to a T, Mm. what it's like in selling. If you even repeat yourself. So when you're pitching, if you say the same word twice, so if you say the word business twice, In your 30-second pitch, you will lose your audience.
0: Wow. The
1: human brain is highly judgmental. Mm. So everything we do has to be designed, created, scripted, polished to perfection so that when we speak it, we know that it's as good as it can be. And Mm. people say, oh, my gosh, that's so robotic. I can't imagine doing that. It's just that's not me. I'm never going to be like that. You have two choices. You can either be struggling and bouncing along the bottom Mm. or you can do the work and absolutely soar. So if you do the work behind the scenes, then you will get the results. And when you do the work behind the scenes, you're writing scripts that follow a certain, you're writing, you're thinking about your work in a way that follows templates and frameworks that work, and then you make it your own. You learn it so it matches your personality, and then you learn it so much that it becomes automated, like driving a car. So Mm. we can all do Incredible things whilst driving a car, we can we can get from you know here to two hours away without even realizing that we've driven because we've been thinking about something else because driving is so automated for us. That's what our sales conversations need to be like as well, especially our pitch, yeah. so that it is just automatic and it feels like it's totally natural. So it's critical. And if you double up, people will say no to you. So it is exactly what you said before <laughs> in that example you gave. Your words mean the world.
0: And going to a more personal level now, Rachel, what are you struggling with at the moment? So, what's in your current business black box?
1: Oh, what am I struggling with at the moment? We have got a lot on our plates in terms of um, systemization. So, mm. we have done an enormous amount of systemization for our clients. So, anybody working with Salespace, we have taken all of our work and put it into a digital format. So that has been a huge amount of work. So it's just the way of the world. People like to have their work digital and we want everything they do with us to be highly organised so they can search it easily, they can use it easily and if something's easy for people to find and then understand – they are far more likely to use it. So it is a huge benefit to them. So the, one of the biggest challenges for us has been to work on the back end and get everything really highly developed so that we are an incredibly structured and seamless systemized business, as well as, just like everybody else, you've got to be out there selling the face of the business, speaking at events, helping clients, working with clients, running events ourselves. So there's a huge juggle of yeah. having the time to do both as well as maintain sanity. <laughs> Keep enough time for relaxation.
0: Yeah. What do you wish you were more of an expert in at the moment?
1: If I was more of an expert in anything at the moment, I think it would be this, you know, for, I actually wish that when I went on holidays I didn't think, <laughs> you know, I could switch off perfectly. So if I was going to be mm. a better expert, it would be allowing myself to switch off. Right, And I think as a business owner, one of our hardest things is switching off. Mm -hmm. So I wish that I was quite capable of turning off when I went on holidays, even if it was only for a a weekend. I find myself quite often wake up on a Saturday morning um, at 4am in the morning, going flat out through my mind of all the things I wanted to have done by Friday, but hadn't. So just being able to switch off and know I could catch up again and be who I needed to be first thing Monday morning, that would be an amazing skill to have. That would and be I think amazing. We could all be better at so many different things in business. As a small business owner, that's one of our biggest challenges, I think, because we always think, especially for um, any of the high achievers out there who are listening to our interview, and there's a lot of people who see themselves as a high achiever, that quite often comes with an inability to switch off and also that constant feeling that we have to be more and do more mm. and there's always so much more to do. Getting that straight is a challenge for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. And you mentioned books before, you mentioned Zig Ziglar. Are there any other more recent books that you would recommend to people looking to get started in sales?
1: Look, you know what? Um, I was thinking about recent versus older books and I just want to talk about an older book that I love that really changed things for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those... I'm one of those uh, Daggy people that I remember when I was in my twenties, I went to Fiji for a week and I and I took business books with me to read. <laughs> wow. And not only did I read them, but I summarised them and wrote notes on holidays. Because, yes, whilst on holidays. Wow. So this is what yeah. I talk about. Switching I wish up. I was better at switching <laughs> off. I trained myself in my twenties to um, you know, I thought right, I want to be so successful as a business owner. I never ever want to have to have a go back and get a job at any time. I want to be hugely successful for, in my own right. Mm. So there were two books I read. Well, there are three books I wanted to say. Firstly, Raving Fans, a little book about creating raving fans. And um, I read it, you know, back to front and inside out and made notes on that. And just being someone that everybody talks about in business is a really, really important um, mindset to have. To go hand in hand with that, then I was introduced to another book called The Critical Non Essentials by a dentist in. Queensland called Dr. Paddy Lund. And the critical non-essentials changed the way I dealt with my clients. So I would say to anybody, reach out there and get a copy of the critical non-essentials by Paddy Lund. Those two in particular, and also feel the fear and do it anyway, (laughs) an oldie but a goodie. So many people come to us and they've got incredible amounts of fear about getting their business off the ground. And uh, there is a fair bit of fear that you have yeah. to feel and do it anyway. So those three books have been amazing um, and something that have, they've all stuck with me enormously and shaped who I am in business today.
0: Yeah, and we'll put all of those books in the show notes that you guys can find at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And just wanted to thank you for coming in, Rachel, mm-hmm. spending so much time sharing your stories and knowledge over the last 25 years of being in the sales area. You're welcome. A couple more questions before we wrap up. Yes, so I wanted to uh, find out what business advice that you would give your 20-year-old self in Fiji on holidays. Because <laughs> I, mean, I know you've been yes. in the, What would you say to yourself?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, do the things, when I talk about feel the fear and do it anyway, I knew who I wanted to be in my 20s. Right. And it took quite a while for me to be brave enough to do it. I struggled when I was younger enormously with nerves. Mm. And I was very good at sport at school. I was very good at things that I really wanted to be good at. But my gosh, I was crippled with nerves. And I've been a a horse rider all my life as well. I've done, uh, you know, a lot of competing since I was 12 and been riding since I was 8. And I could have done so much better in my career as a rider if nerves didn't affect me massively. So I would have learned to overcome my nerves a lot more in my 20s. I let them hold me back. Right. from being who I wanted to be so badly. So I would have done that. That would have changed my business enormously. And who we are today in business, I love and I'm incredibly proud of the fact that I can stand on stage in front of hundreds of people now mm. and actually love it and not just be shaking to death <laughs> and petrified. I can own it, love it and just be who I need to be for everybody in the room it has been huge for me. And I know a lot of people struggle with nervousness mm. um, and fear around who they need to be. Do whatever you can to get help as quickly as you can because I think I spent about 15 years struggling when I didn't need to. And I would have mm. I just could have been where I am now so much earlier. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, we've come to the final question of the podcast, Rachel, and it's a bit of an abstract one. Yes. Are you ready for launch?
1: <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay, you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. So what business do you start when you land on Mars and how do you sell it to the new Martians?
1: (laughs) So, yes, this is a great question and you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, when we get to Mars, Mm -hmm. everybody is going to feel, so all the first people on Mars, I figure, are going to feel like they're excited But very quickly, they're going to be homesick and missing their loved ones very Mm. badly. So what I know to be true is that when you're feeling like that, you need to exercise and you need to feel like you belong and that you can build bonds with other people as quickly as possible. And there's no better way to do that than for everybody to be exercising and having fun together. So I'm going to go back to my personal training days, actually, and I'm going to get together and have everybody at the start of every day, we're all going to exercise together, we're going to have fun together, we're going to do programs for people that all match match their personalities and their fitness levels, et cetera, and it's going to give them that big endorphin hit every morning so awesome. that they can start to feel like they're a new community mm. of people who are feeling more connected and bonded together because that will help them overcome <laughs> their <laughs> feelings of homesick and, and 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 missing people that they love. Yeah. And so I think, you know, having a daily dose of inspiration and feeling great is important. And I'm going to be the person who runs that. I'm going to market it. I'm going to I'm going to do what, what, what I do very well, and what I help our clients to do as well. It's going to take us two years to get to Mars.
0: Two years. You've done your research. That's good.
1: (laughs) So in those two years, I'm going to be inspiring everybody whilst on our spaceship. And so I'm going to have influential conversations with them throughout those two years. Mm. So they are so busting to do what (laughs) we're going to do when I get there. I'm going to have sold them the full (laughs) idea and the full picture of what we're going to do. So when we get off the spaceship, everyone is going, Rachel, let's go. Where do we go from here? Which is what I've always loved to do and what I believe. It makes sales so easy. You've already done all the pre-work prior. You've built the excitement in people before you even get into that situation. So they're looking to you for answers and uh, that's how I'm going to do it.
0: Awesome. Sounds like a great way to get acclimatised to Mars.
1: Yes, absolutely. Let's hope we'll all have our oxygen masks on. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. Or maybe big bubbles or yes, something like bubbles, that. Yes, big bubbles, whatever Some it domed. takes,
1: whatever it takes.
0: Uh, Rachel, this has been fun. I've got a lot of homework to do myself as well. <laughs> yes. Thanks for all the value and resources. <laughs> so you guys can find everything that Rachel has mentioned in the show notes underneath the episode at menergy.com forward slash podcast. And is there anything that you'd like to say before we wrap up and how can we find out more about sales space?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I would love to offer any of our listeners today an offer that is going to be hugely eye-opening for them if they want to excel in sales. And we all know that sales is the lifeblood of any business. It doesn't matter how much we believe in what we do and also how good we are at what we do. If we are not making money doing what we do, we cannot remain in business. So... I would like to offer for the next 10 days access to our online training. We have an online training that many people reach out to us to start their sales journey and um or to really get a feel for what we do at Salespace. And our online training is called Your Sales Success Kit. We normally sell it for $500 for 12 month access. So for any of our listeners, for the next 10 days, we're going to give lifetime access to our online training and for a price of 297 Australian
0: dollars. Awesome. Amazing. Thanks for the amazing offer. I'm going to check that out myself. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yes, wonderful. So once again, Rachel, thank you so much for coming in. It's been fun.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me, Brendan. It's been wonderful. Talk soon.
0: From Medici, this is the Forward Thinking Podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and actionable tips from today's episode. If you like what you heard, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you know a business owner who needs help with their marketing, and I mean, don't we all know one of those guys, tell them to check us out. Never miss another episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more about Metagy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, visit us at metagy.com forward slash podcast. You can also view all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, why not listen to some other episodes and join the world's leading community of forward-thinking marketers. I'm Brendan Hill, your first business connection, And I'll catch you next week for another award-winning episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast.